great houses look to us for leadership. And this threatens the Emperor. By taking Arrakis from the Harkonnens and making it ours, he sets the stage for a war, which would weaken both houses. But if we hold firm and tap the true power of Arrakis, we could be stronger than Once again, Popheads, welcome to issue 190 of the Tomcast Popcast, coming to you from Fremen Siach, deep in the desert of Arrakis. My name is Tom, and thank you so much for listening to this quality, independent pop culture podcast. Please make sure you're following us on social media, at Tomcast Popcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, man, uh, who? You can email the show, TomcastPopcast at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, and sharing the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever format you want. We're there, but please, by all means, share, spread the word, let others know about the things that we are about to discuss on this podcast. We are back today. It's finally going to happen. We're finally going to do our review of Dune, the 2021 version, directed by Denny Villeneuve, starring Timothy Chalamet and, and Zendaya, Josh Brolin's in this, Oscar Isaac. Uh, it, it, it's a slam dunk of a, of a cast. Uh, Jason Momoa is in this movie. Uh, it's It's just... Unbelievable the amount of talent coming out of this coming out of this film. It's it's just top tier, and and we're gonna get into it today. Uh, you know, you may remember we we did those Dune episodes about a month or two, about a month and a half ago, probably beginning of September. We we got into the book and kind of like the world of Dune, and yeah, I'll be honest, honest the, the the book one's a little dry because we did a lot of uh, explanations, like world building kind of stuff, explaining why things are the way they are. So that, that was a fairly information intensive episode uh but the next time around we went to watch dune 1984 the david lynch cult classic dune and 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 that was a lot more of a uh fun digestible podcast as, as we sort of talked about the insanity of that film and and kind of how it came to be and and the the, the elements of that zaniness of that um sort of go for the jugular mentality that they did on that movie uh that that's made it such a cult classic over over the over the decades since it's come out and now we have a, another big, big budget version of Dune. Uh, again, Denis Villeneuve, an Academy Award nominated director, uh, known for his his uh, his visual style, his his creativity, his vision. And and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see if Denis' vision for Arrakis worked or didn't work. What worked, what didn't work. Um, and, and and yeah, we're gonna talk about it because uh, I have special guests lined up. Uh, unfortunately, my brother Mark, who did the first two Dune episodes. Uh, was unable to join us for this one, so uh, he can't complete his Dune trilogy as we had uh, originally envisioned. Uh, but we have two able bodies champion, two able body champions stepping up to the plate to 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 try and and, and fill the void left behind by Mark. Uh, we have our good friend Reagan from the CoSG podcast coming back to to talk about Dune with us, and we're bringing he's bringing along his producer E, who is a big old Dune head. So he's gonna be able to, to kind of have a, have the conversation that I really want to get into because uh, it, it's it's 
while while I don't think it's ideal to compare eighty four Dune to two thousand twenty one Dune, um, I, I think some compare and contrast is is sort of inevitable, especially if you're old like me and you remember the eighty four Dune so well. So we're gonna have to try and have that conversation. Reagan's gonna be sort of like the, the fresh perspective because I don't think he is uh is immersed in the Dune world. So his perspective is gonna be like that fresh take, and uh, he's gonna keep us on point though. At least that's the plan. We'll see. You never know with Reagan. It's he's a wild card. He's a veritable wild card when it comes to this stuff. So let's see what happens. I'm excited to have these these fine folks on the CoSG podcast, one of our one of our best friend podcasts in the world, and we are really excited to get into Dune. And uh, we're going to see Shai Halud, and we're going to talk about Gam Jabars, and we're going to talk about uh, the Quitsack Harak, and all these good things that I just love the words that are said in Dune. And I can't wait to talk about it with our good friends. So you know what that means? It's that time. You're going to have to sit down, buckle up, hold on to your butts, and buckle up again. Let's go to Arrakis. Ever. What does that mean? Mining spice, keeping the Fremen in their place? We'd be no better than Harkonnens. No. By making an alliance with the Fremen. That's what I've sent Duncan Idaho to arrange. Here on Caladan, we've ruled by air power and sea power. On Arrakis, we need to cultivate desert power. All right, we are being joined by our very good friends from the Come On, It's Still Good podcast. The undefeated champion, Reagan, is back, and he's brought his producer, E, with him. They are here to discuss 2021, even though it's really technically the 2020 version because it was delayed by a year with the pandemic, but I digress. The Dennyville New Dune. How is everyone doing today? Good. Uh, greetings, program. There it is. Thank you, sir. You fulfilled no, your, con- be fancy. your contractual obligation to, to be fancy. <laughs> I don't get to be Thank fancy. Thank you for having us on, man. I'm excited to have E on the show uh, because uh, E's never on the show. <laughs> I have Reagan uh, on all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Long-time listener, first-time participant. <laughs> and I couldn't be more excited about the topic that you brought us on to discuss, or topics. So, yes, thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, I, I'm excited to have you on here because, you know, we talked a little bit before the show, and, and I've listened to, to your, your all's episode reviewing the film. Uh, so I know that Eric is a Dune guy. Like, he has a familiarity... Particularly with the with the eighty four Lynch film, but also with the original novel, correct? That is correct, absolutely. All right, and Reagan, you're more of a, I don't know, Dune virgin. <laughs> is that better? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I've 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 watched some of the nineteen eighty four one enough to know Patrick Stewart was in that movie. Uh huh. Uh huh. And he holds- I did not remember anything about it. <laughs> I, I remember it had worms, like in Beetlejuice. <laughs> So yes, yeah, so right. I think even... when you saw it, you saw it, uh, and then you said, "Oh man, that's Captain Picard." So what happened to me <laughs> was I grew up with Dune. So when I saw Next Gen, I was like, "Gurney Halleck is the captain of the Enterprise." I couldn't have been more psyched. So uh, it worked the other way around. It worked the other. Right. Yeah, he was definitely Picard for me. Right. right. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I mean, and it, again, Dune came out. In, you know, in, the Lynch version came out in '84, and and. Eric, you must have been rather young to see Dune. Uh, was it was it a daunting task, or were you just into all of it? I really liked sci-fi uh, at that point in time. I still do, of course. 
I liked fantasy. I liked all, all, you know, all those types of things and shows. I was into comic books at that time, mm-hmm. and I was lucky enough to be able to rent it. So probably at that point in time, I'd say I it was eighty five to maybe 86 by the time I got to see it. It's not like it was something that I went to the theater to go see. Right. So at that point, uh, you know, I'm six, seven. And then, yeah, I think I, I mean, I, I remember loving it, enjoying it. I don't know exactly how much of it I understood. There's well, pretty heady stuff in there, and there's a lot of scientific and pseudoscientific terms. And um, I didn't really have anybody around that could explain that stuff to me. At that point in time, um, my mom, my grandmother did not speak fluent English, and it's not like I could just Google Translate stuff and ask questions. I couldn't ask Jeeves, is what I'm getting. <laughs> so I had to just rewatch it and sort of figure stuff out contextually, and maybe that's part of why I have such an appreciation for it, more so than I think a lot of other people who... Uh, cast a little bit of shade on the film. I know there's parts of it that don't hold up and some of the effects and things like that, but upon rewatch after rewatch, as I got older, as my vocabulary grew and as my tiny brain was able to understand more of the movie, uh, I grew and my fondness for the movie grew and my understanding of the movie grew. So I think it was kind of uh, one of those like special formative experiences. For some people, it's Star Wars. For me... I mean, I I had that type of experience with Star Wars, too. I think Star Wars wasn't quite as difficult to understand as sure, a kid. Sure, But, mm-hmm. yeah, for me, it was it was Dune that kind of opened my mind to those types of concepts and that depth of sci-fi. And I think I liked Star Trek and, uh, you know, uh, went back and started getting into things like Lord of the Rings and all of that because of Dune. I think the the jumping-off point for me was Dune. That's pretty awesome. And and for 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 our audience out there, because you can't see it, but Eric is wearing a fantastic Fremen still suit right now. It looks great. <laughs> looks really good. I'm so hydrated. <laughs> None of this is going to waste. A thimble full a day. That's right. <laughs> so Reagan, uh, as as someone who's who's fairly new to the world of Dune, uh, were were you pretty excited for the new movie coming out? Did you see that trailer and get all pumped up, or and, and uh, want to know more, or were you just kind of like, I'm going to go for the ride? I thought it looked great. And my wife, who hates everything sci-fi, <laughs> thought saw this and was like, that looks good. Can we go see that? And I was like, blown away. You're that like, she, oh, they're, they're onto something. Yeah, I was like, they got her. This must be a good movie. Huh. All right. And I did. The director of this film has made a few movies that I personally am not a fan of. Yes. And I feel this director sometimes has pacing issues in his films. Not in this one. This movie's great. It's it's off the love this thing. You jumped the gun a little bit, but that was the next yeah. question. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it was. I love this one. It's it's. I was so into this movie from from the jump, like the the black screen and that weird noise, and then they just tell you what's going on. Into right. it immediately. So you were just like submersed in the into this new Dune universe that that Villeneuve was creating around you as you watched it on yeah. the screen. And uh, I should mention, you guys were at a theater to see this. You guys rented a theater out, right? We did. We we were ballers. We we had an event. Cozy pod rolled in yeah. style that night. We had a close 
friends and family of the of the Koji pod out and we made an event out of it and yeah it, uh, we tried it out it's the first time we've done it first time that i think everybody felt safe enough to do it too and it was yeah. the first time that i think we had a movie where everybody agreed at the same time this has to be seen in a theater and it was definitely the right call but yeah. that was also part of the it made the experience really interesting uh, i've subsequently seen it again still think it was great it wasn't you know just the the high of having that fancy of a showing that that fancy uh, no, no, that one, night once you rent the theater out kind of spoils you going back to the masses is all i'm gonna say <laughs> those of you thinking about doing it at home it's gonna put you on another level and you're not gonna want to share with people it was that. extremely cool but well, yeah so we all got to see it together it's the first time since the whole uh, pandemic hit it's the first yeah. time that the whole cozy pod's been able to go to a live showing like this uh since the advent of the show yeah, yeah the, so it's very cool the last movie I saw with you was probably Joker. Yeah. What opening and that was right before, for that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That was right around the, the start of it all. That's right. That's wild. Time flies. <laughs> Joker Joker feels like it came out like eight years ago. It does. You're right about that. Because it's so happy and joyful, you know, so you just want yeah. to revisit it over and over again. I remember really liking it. Have I gone back to rewatch it? No. But I liked it when I watched it in theaters. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to go down that that rabbit hole with, with Joker. Well, we're not here to talk about Batman and Joker movies. <laughs> not this week. Maybe next time, oh, though. Okay, <laughs> we can get that lined up. Uh, Eric, I assume you agree with 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 Reagan, though. You had a blast with the th- movie. You saw it twice. Um, did, yeah, I, I'm curious though, as someone who's who has such an affinity for for Lynch's version for his '84 flick. Um, that first time around, I noticed I was having a really hard time not comparing the two movies. I'm curious if you had a similar issue with that or if, if you were able to kind of keep them separate and just enjoy them both. Uh, I think I've got a pretty good um, way of watching movies where I can sort of just go in with an open mind, um, leave my preconceptions and as well as my hype at the door mm-hmm. i have a pretty good track record of being able to do that as a for for instance i think i heard you guys mention thor ragnarok before mm-hmm. um i have a friend who refuses to watch trailers because he thinks it gives too much away right sure, and sure. i do agree with him for the majority of the stuff out there but there's some things that i can't stay away from such as my bread and butter mcu marvel movies so uh slight spoiler warning but obviously for you and your fans, I'm sure you're going to know that in Thor Ragnarok, what? Hulk makes a, a brief appearance. I mean, he's he's kind of a part of the movie, right? So he had no idea that in the gladiatorial uh, ring sequence, Hulk's going to come out. Right. I did because I'd seen all of the trailers and stuff. But I would say that when he came out, both he and I were equal levels of hype because I'm able to sort of separate myself from everything that came before and just go for the ride, you know? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good at doing that. So I didn't really start comparing it to uh, Dune 84 until afterwards. Then my mind was, you know, ablaze with all of the different things and comparisons, and I, I really wanted to go back and watch other things and 
maybe look stuff up and clips on YouTube. And the fact that it's available on HBO Max made it so much easier to do that because then you can skip around, start comparing. So while I was watching the movie, I kind of, uh, you know, just went in blank with an open mind and just enjoyed it uh, as is. And then afterwards, I started comparing, you know, all tons of stuff. But yeah, I, I didn't have that issue while I was watching it. No, that's awesome because I was as you're as you're as you're uh, sharing that I was I was thinking to myself is like this was clearly I think this is clearly like an environmental thing because I watched the movie from my sofa, so I had the mm. ability to, to pause and and re- reference things really quickly and and do that right. you know I I didn't have like quite the immersive experience like you get when you go to the theater and you kind of get locked in and so I think my, my brain was able to kind of uh, uh, wander a bit and be like hmm. That's interesting. I wonder how that relates to blah blah blah. You know, or like, right. oh, I see like Villeneuve's doing this, but he's doing you know, it's like the Lynch thing, but very different. You know, without, without getting too specific. people rag on, uh, like Nolan and uh, Villeneuve for saying that oh, it has to be experienced in a theater and it's a different type of experience and uh, you can't compare the two. But in some cases, I I do think they're they're right. There mm-hmm. are certain types of movies where you can't have those distractions, and like you said. Sometimes your mind will wander away because you're not really locked in yeah. and strapped in to that seat. You have that ability to just reach out and pause. So yeah, I think you're you're probably right. That's pr- probably one of the other main reasons why why that was the case. That I didn't really have a chance to even stop and ponder any of those things because there's so much going on in front of you. Yeah, you're you're just in there. Like there's no time to like check your phone. Like, you're not, no no no. I'm gonna miss something if I if I move. <laughs> and that's a it's it's another really good reason to go to the theater. And uh, you know, I've mentioned before on the on the show. I think with, I think with Reagan, my problem is not going to the theater. My problem is going to the theater with other people because <laughs> yeah. other people tend to be awful, <laughs> and I don't like sure. I don't like that. I I if I I I, I thought about it this way. I was I was talking about telling my brother, if I were to be at Dune at the theater and I'm watching Dune and I'm I'm trying to get that just like immersive. I'm going to Arrakis mind state. And and like some clown a row over is like on his phone or Skype or you know, doing whatever crazy people yeah, do. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be such a bummer. I'd be so annoyed and so angry. I'd be taking out the movie in a different way. I I agree. Yeah. It is a bit of a double-edged sword. You know, you have to weigh the pros and cons of that situation. Um, because the uh, Eternals movie is so close around the bend mm-hmm. do you think there's an opportunity for you this week before eternals releases to be able to catch dune and imax because that's one thing i'm not sure i had uh, brought up or told you before i did go out to see dune and imax last week so i was able to compare very directly that presentation and what it looked like and i'm talking about a legit imax screen like the one the where one. Yeah. i went to one that was in virginia attached to the uh, air and space museum so it is the legit gigantic 90 foot screen or whatever it is it's one of the biggest ones in the area so if you have the opportunity to go do it i would say that it's been out long enough that you're probably not going to run into those jerks <laughs> and it'll be a uh in a um, in a venue where there's it, it's not going to be quite as packed even though it's it's an imax so if you do get a chance to go go see it in the theater i think now's probably a good time to do it all of that hype has dissipated a little bit and then people are just waiting for the next big thing, which is going to be eternal. So right. if you can make it this yeah. week, might be a good time to go do it. I mean, you're you're not wrong. Uh, unfortunately, I have like uh, I have some real life things going on that are <laughs> seriously cramping my uh, my Skip ability it. to get to the theater. Skip <laughs> it. Skip so it. I'm going to be uh, uh, just holding my breath, hoping I can see Eternals. 
uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see yeah. how that's all pans out. Maybe, maybe in a day or two I have some new information, and maybe that helps. But, yeah, things are a bit up in the air at the moment as far as that goes. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, let's get into the movie proper, though, because I'm very curious. Uh, my first takeaway from the, film, from the film is it's, it's absolutely fucking gorgeous. It looks mm. so good. The, the costumes are incredible. The way it's shot is, is fantastic. Uh, uh, the performances really stand out. Uh, I'm curious, do you guys have any disagreements with that? Were there, was there one performance that you elevated over the others or, or anything that, that hindered your enjoyment? Nothing hindered. I, other than like Dave Bautista not being in this movie more, things like that, you know, super famous people not being in it. But the cast is so packed with super famous people it's a good problem to have i yeah, agree oh, absolutely with you, but absolutely. it's a good problem to have right yeah. i i wanted to see more of josh brolin's yeah. gurney halleck i wanted yeah. to see more of dave batista i wanted to see more of uh stellan skarsgård yeah I-, I wanted to see more of Zenda- zendaya i wanted to see, yeah oh, absolutely that's a good problem to have i w- the problem it, it wasn't even i can't say that i was left disappointed in wanting more it's just that I really wanted the movie to be like six hours long and just for it to, to, to <laughs> apparently you know I, mean? I did as well. Who yeah, did? yeah. So, uh, no, I agree with everything. I think it looked great. Costumes were great. Set design, the cinematography, the sound design, the music, the performances. The one that I was most iffy about heading in was probably uh, um, Timothy Chalamet mm-hmm. because I'm not very familiar with his work. I know him from. Lady Bird and I think Interstellar. Like I have not really followed his filmography. Oh, I've watched him in one other movie. Uh, it's Hostiles. He was in that for a hot minute. Mm. Oh, okay. So I I don't I didn't know that much about him. I know he looks more the part, and he looks more like he's he's the right age because I think Kyle MacLachlan was damn near forty when he did the movie. <laughs> I mean, he's a grown ass man when he uh, did. June 84, you know, so uh, heading into it, not once I got in the theater, but beforehand, you know, there's that image of Paul Atreides that I have in my head Mm -hmm. from growing up watching the movie again and again. So that's the only thing where I thought, oh, hopefully this works out. You know, I I hope he can pull it off as soon as the movie started. He was great. He does a lot with an economy of dialogue. There's a ton that he does with just small movements and just how he looks at things and he did great and then unlike reagan i am a big uh villeneuve fan Mm -hmm. so being a dune fan i was already into the property so when i heard that there was another dune movie coming i got excited and then when i found out that Denis villeneuve was directing it and co-writing it then my expectations, you know, kind of shot through the roof. I was like, this is going, this has to be incredible. How could this go wrong? And I'm just glad everything did come together. But yeah, I agree with everything you said. I, I liked all of it from a uh, stem to stern. Yeah. Uh, I mean, much like you, Eric, I, 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 I was not super familiar with Timothy, Timothy Chalamet. I'd seen Lady Bird and I think, yeah. And I guess Interstellar, I guess that's about it. So I, uh, I, apparently had, he was in I don't feel like he Homeland. had that much to do in there. No, I don't remember him in Interstellar at all. Just before the time jump, when he's younger, right? I mean, not that there's multiple time jumps. I yeah, guess. yeah. Before you see the aged up version of the kids, he's the younger 
Casey Affleck. He's the son who's going to end up being a farmer and help tend the, the, the farm growing that corn. He's not even in the movie for that that long. No. And yeah. I guess he's he does a perfectly serviceable job, but that's really about it. I just haven't watched his movies. Yeah, I, I was in the same boat, so I wasn't sure if he could handle uh, sort of like the the weight of being Paul Atreides, but I, I thought he did a really nice job. Uh, rather surprised how much I enjoyed his performance, actually. So um, mm-hmm. that's probably my biggest takeaway. Yeah. It's like, oh, that Chalamet kid's pretty good. <laughs> maybe a lot yeah, of them, yeah, something that I think a lot of other people I'm a little bit uh, late getting yeah. onto the yeah. <laughs> to the hype train there. But I was like, ah, oh, yeah, this this guy this guy's a pretty good actor. Yeah. Who knew? It's like everyone. Listen, <laughs> everyone, anyone everyone freaking people who listen to this podcast, they know that I am not cool. I am not with it. I don't know anything about anything as far as like what's going on in the real world. So, <laughs> so you know, me missing the bus on Timothy Chalamet is not a not a big deal. Like people know, they're like, yeah, he, you know, that, that's very Tom right there. <laughs> I also, uh, ooh, what do I want to talk about next? What I'd like, what another thing that I really liked about this movie that's in the book, but not so much in the Lynch version is uh, the way they handle Jessica and they, the way they sort of foreshadow what's going to happen with Chiani, the, the Zendaya character for Reagan. Who I... Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, she is in this movie for like seven minutes. Yeah. But in the in the book, these are like really, you know, in the book's like from like what, the 50s or 60s. It's a really old book in, in, yeah. in that term. But I mean, it's very progressive in like these having these sort of strong female characters. That's really sure. removed from the Lynch version. But it's restored in this version, and I was really happy to see that because I think Jessica's a really fascinating character, and she gets to do a lot more in this movie than she did in the 84, and I was happy to see that. Absolutely. Uh, You see that Paul takes his lead from her in a lot of ways. You see them – there's a segment in the movie where it just becomes a road movie with the two of them, Mm -hmm. and it's – instead of like the road where it's a boy (laughs) and his dad, it's – in dune it's a boy and his mom it's a pairing that you don't really see that often and i thought that it really brought a different um look and feel to it than stuff that you normally see norm that you normally get to see there's always this father figure looking out for for the chosen one right that happens so often and and to see here that they're sort of more on equal footing and how strong and powerful she is and how skilled she is at everything was was very interesting i i loved all of the little like hand gestures the the sign language that they were doing to each Mm -hmm. other uh how they would talk to each other and you you were able to see a lot of that of their relationship in a very small amount of time Mm -hmm. the same with uh him and oscar isaac there's there's like a five minute scene between the two of them and then you get their whole relationship you know Um, i I think they did a did a great job with that, and Rebecca Ferguson was amazing too. Uh, the they they've got a real good chemistry. I can totally buy it, and I can see the dynamic of that relationship. And then it stings that much more once you you see how much she she cares for him when she's essentially experiencing his pain when he's going through the Gomjabar. Mm-hmm. She's outside the door and she's breaking inside, knowing what he's going through. And then you know how close they are. And then later on to see when when Paul finally raises his voice at her and accuses her of setting all of this up and manipulating him and turning him into what he perceives as as, as a freak, how yeah. those words cut her so deep. It, it was it was really good 
writing and really good uh, character building. And, you know, you get these little mini arcs between between them. And it was something that I think normally it would take a lot longer and like a limited series to do. But you can't do that here. They got two and a half hours, but somehow they still pulled it off and nailed it. So, yeah, I, I really like that relationship as well. And better than it was in the in the uh, better represented, I should say, like you said, than it was in the 84 movie. You know, you mentioned you mentioned too the that 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 scene when 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 Paul's lashing out at, at Jessica for, you know, all the the training and sort of like put him in, in into this role. I really liked that sense of alienation that Paul feels. Like that's something that I don't think has been translated in any of the adaptations as well as it was in that particular moment. So I think that scene is really really strong and uh, between those two actors, just awesome, just fun to watch. Yeah, very very fun to watch. I like how they slowed down enough and gave enough breathing room in what was definitely a packed movie mm-hmm. to give a bunch of couplets of people room to talk and have little arcs and then get to see what their characters are, are really like and like learn backstory through like conversation. It's kind of like one of the things that I like best about Game of Thrones, but uh, those were far fewer and farther between in here. It just was section after section after section. It's a bunch of spots where it's two people talking and then you get to see how they interact and you know, they, then they'll start remixing it. And then now you want to see how this person will interact with that person. And you know, you might see it in the next movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I really liked about uh, game of Thrones, another show with like a huge ensemble cast, just getting to see all of these various pairings of people and how they play off of each other. But, and, and that was done really well in Dune and I hope they uh, keep that up. Although, unfortunately, there's a lot of those people that I would like to see. They're they're not coming. They're all back. dead. <laughs> a lot of, yeah, yeah a lot true. of our favorite people in this movie are uh, not to return. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Reagan, I mean, Reagan mentioned it. Like, it is it is rather interesting to watch the movie because there is so much going on, and there is it's this huge cast. But like, you know, Dave Bautista and and uh, Jason Momoa and all these guys. They didn't. I mean, Momoa has like a great moment, but like, he's still not in the movie a ton. You know, yeah, Halak's not in the movie a ton. For it's, a good fifty minutes. Yeah, it's 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 wild. This cast like showed up and worked for like maybe three days, and then they all, then a bunch of them went home. <laughs> like, yeah. it's yeah. it's wild to think about. But they're like, oh yeah, no, I'll be in Dune with Denny Villeneuve directing it. Hell hell yeah. I'm so glad they're all there. But my wife was she finished watching this movie without me, and every five to ten minutes, just last night, I was getting texts like, "Is Jason Momoa dead?" And I'd be like, "How far are the move?" You know. <laughs> And she'd be like, well, he's laying on the ground with his eyes open. I was like, he's probably dead. But I don't know. I don't know what happens in the second half of the movie. It could be space magic, and he could just come back with blue eyes. (laughs) And, and, you know, they could just rub dust in it. Comes back and feel better. He has a white robe on and a beard. (laughs) (laughs) He's coming back as a Duncan Idaho the White. Yeah, that's right, buddy. You got it. See, Lord of the Rings reference, and Reagan got it. I can't believe that just happened. I know. I've watched that movie. <laughs> Reagan, as as the Dune novice, uh, one of the things I was very curious about is, uh, as far as like the plot goes, did, uh, was it, was anything a surprise to you? Was like the you know, uh, uh, Leto Atreides was his death a surprise to you? Was uh, the the Emperor's betrayal like that plot kind of fizzled no, out a that, little bit? But that plot was there. Yeah, happening. Um, the Doctor betraying him. Right. Uh, I, but I, I get it all. But 
I mean, but it was, I was honestly not for once in my life. I was not looking for what was coming around the corner. Okay. I was just taking every step right in the face and enjoying it so much. So I wasn't like, oh, my God, is this guy going to die? After like three main characters, died, I was like, is anybody going to live through this movie? <laughs> like, you know, I, I assume Chalamet would make it through. Right. I mean, his friend said that was not in the film, so <laughs> she didn't have really a chance to die. But, but uh, what, what's the, the the doctor with blue eyes? Doctor Yue. Doctor Yue. Yeah. No. No. The other doctor. Um. The the. Oh. Liet. Oh. Okay. Oh, uh, doctor Hines. Yeah. It's. I. I got into her character. I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see her get on this worm. <laughs> and then they take that from me for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> A a, a, a a character that is a, in this movie is gender swapped, and you had no idea. No idea. Oh, it's, first I'm hearing about it. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and it, it actually works pretty well in this movie. Like it's 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 pretty seamless. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, um, I'm trying to think of. Oh God, I'm drawing a blank. Who plays Who plays Kinds in the '84? It's um. Uh, uh, Max von. It's Max von Sydow. Yeah. And yeah, he, he was great in that role too. He, some um, of my favorite dialogue from him is in that flick. <laughs> uh, let me since since we're talking about that, I'm very curious how Eric felt. I mean, again, you and I have an affinity for '84 Dune. Did you miss the 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 uh, like the internal monologuing that was going on in the '84 Dune, or were you glad to see it? Go? Um, you know, I I think that I was kind of glad to see it go. I'm I'm kind of of the mind where I don't feel like I need a lot of that, and I don't feel like I need all of the voiceover. I, I prefer the Blade Runner cut without the Decker Decker, um, you know, voiceover. Sure. I don't think that. I think with the right kind of movie and the right kind of subject matter, it makes sense. Um, in Dune '84, with how much they were trying to cram in, I think that it was just something that they kind of had to do. In order to, they they didn't have time to let certain scenes breathe and get the interactions that you would need in order to um, organically gather what they were going through and feeling in their uh, feeling inside in, in their head. Here, because it's only half of the story and it's already got an expanded runtime, I think that you had a better job of uh, being able to to pull that off without the voiceover. I didn't miss it at all, and I think that it. Uh, was it's all of that information still came through on the screen. So they did a good job with it and I didn't end up missing it. Yeah. I don't think I miss it either, but it was, it was funny at certain points in the movie where, you know, you know, when they're, when they're in the, when they're in the, when the ornithopter and they're rescuing the, the spice miners and uh, there's, there's one scene in the 84 that I'm thinking of, of, you know, where it goes on Max von Sydow's face and you hear what he's thinking about the Duke and you kind of get that scene emulated, but you don't have the voiceover. And I'm like, but I hear it in my head. <laughs> I hear yeah, Max von right. Sydow's line right now. <laughs> so it, remind it was, me, what was it that he exactly? What, what did he say about uh, Jurgen Prochno? Oh, uh, he, I, he, he, you know, he sees the Duke rescuing the the people. He's like, "Damn the spice!" He's like, "He cares right, more for right. his men than the spice." I'm beginning to like this Duke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. That like, I can't wait for Reagan to watch eighty four Dune and have that, all these. That was going to be my things. question. Should I go back? Because it's on HBO right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't think you should. Not until. Or should I wait till the second movie wait, comes out? Because it's going to ruin 
the, the so, second I, half. I, like, I didn't get it, the book or anything. Like, I'll it, just wait the two it years. It also fast forwards through and jumps so much. There's, if you want to talk about some of the differences that won't ruin the movie for the second movie for, for Reagan, I think that might be good. Like, we could yeah. talk about the some of the weaponry, right? And the shields and the differences there, things like that. Because if you're talking about stuff that you missed, I didn't miss the voiceover. I have this bizarre soft spot for how terrible and clunky those the, uh, the Holtzman shield generators <laughs> look. I love the old version. I love the tinny, warbly voice that, that you hear inside when the shield comes on. I love that weird, oh. blocky polygon effect. Yeah, I, I polygon. liked all of that. And I do kind of miss that. It's it's much more streamlined, and it makes perfect sense here. And I think they also did a really good job with sort of shorthand, where without showing you any blood and gore, you see the flash of red, and you know that dude is dead. Right. Red bad, you know, and it, <laughs> he's, he's getting stabbed. And as a visual shortcut and also as a workaround to not have to show any blood and gore, you still get that flash of red and you, you can totally parse what's going on in all the action scenes. So as it was done well, and my complaint isn't that it was done poorly or anything like that. I, I just really like the old look. I think that it would probably look ridiculous now. And I don't, <laughs> I mean, that is one thing that I do want Reagan to see. Like that's a scene from like the first half of the movie. So we could probably watch that. It, right. it looks ridiculous, especially when he, they put it on and they just jump at a, cr a crowd of dudes and you yeah, just see like yeah. a giant Jenga block flying through the air <laughs> and like it, it knock over dudes. Like it's a, like they're bowling pins. I mean, there's some great stuff in the old one that you're missing. So, but you should definitely wait in my opinion. All right. I'll, I'll wait for it. What about the sci-fi television show that came out? Can I watch that? No, don't do it. <laughs> don't do yeah. it. Do it. I think, I'd, I'd yeah, say I'd say all... get on. I'd say get on Libby, man, and just get you know read the book now. I could. I could. I could have somebody read it to me. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Or or you could stop. Uh, stop halfway through. through. <laughs> the way that, uh, the same did. way that, that Ryan did. Yeah. Just follow his, his, his lead and hit that, that bookmark. You know how hard it is to stop reading a book when you're 67% done, <laughs> if you're actually enjoying it. Well, you guys mentioned it there. It sounds like a lot of people were actually really surprised that this movie kind of like stops in the middle of the story. Um, I felt like that was going to be like a known commodity, but I'm, I'm surprised by how many people knew this. Reagan, did you know this movie was stopping in the middle? I had no idea this was the middle. <laughs> like, it, you know, they say, you know, this is all the beginning. And then it's like, yeah, hey, here's some credits. But at that point, I had to use the facilities. So <laughs> I was so glad to see credits. That I was like, I'll wait two years. I'll be back. You'll get my money. I'll be back. But like, let's wrap this. It was also two and a half hours. Yeah, it was. No, it's so, a long. It's a long flick. Yeah, I mean, after. I, but it moves. Let's, it let's moves. wrap it up. It, it does. It does. It doesn't drag. It doesn't feel like two and a half hours. But tell me another two and a half hour story, and then I'll buy the the DVD, and I can have five hours of Dune if I want to have a Dune-a-thon. Almost call it a Dune-a-thon. They do stitch it together and make one epic full cut. That would be incredible. Sure. I would love to yeah. see that. Reagan, were you satisfied though with the way it ended? Like, were you were you like, okay, this, yeah, that's I a good ending. A that's good... a good pause I... point. 
I mean, did I want to see more? Of course I did. Yeah. But yes, this is a, a good. He he's in with the new crew. He murders that guy in the desert. Jameis. Yeah. Yeah. And they take his body for water. <laughs> I like the way you say water. Water. <laughs> <laughs> Hit that T harder, buddy. <laughs> Well, I don't even know what I'm mimicking. I forget. <laughs> Eric, as a fan of the source material, uh, were you were you cool with where they stopped at? You thought it was a good spot. I, I I thought it was a good spot personally. Yeah, I don't think that I can really see too many other places where they could have done it. I, I've heard the complaints. I think that in another time, they couldn't have gotten away with it. I think that people are used to that now, or at least more used to that now. Uh, people have gone through things like Infinity War mm-hmm. and the Matrix trilogy. They've seen movie, uh, it is a fairly recent one yeah. where it says it does suddenly stop and it says you know more coming soon. Here it was more of an unknown quantity, but I think that the way they did it and. Really, what's in the movie was actually a quite clever way to do it, because if you look at the movie, all of the stuff that Paul is experiencing from from uh, interacting with the spice, all of his visions of the future, well, not all of them, but many of them, there's certain sequences and things in this movie where he's looking at stuff that has yet to really be fully produced, but will be in the second movie. Right. So there's a teaser or a little bit of a trailer or a preview of the second movie in the first movie. And it's like, hey, if you if you like this stuff, you you gotta go see this and support this and tell other people to see this because this other stuff that you're that I'm showing you glimpses of will actually be in the second movie. So in that sense, I think it was a as good of a way to do it as you could. I, I would have preferred that they just shoot it back to back and then just have the confidence. It, it's you know, it seems like Denis Villeneuve. The, the rest of the team, the actors, everybody, they had enough confidence in us, the audience, to not need to hold her hand and not have voiceovers, not have a ton of walls of text to just get us on board, that they thought that enough people would figure it out and have grown as, as an audience when it comes to looking at sci-fi and movies like this, to be able to parse everything and figure it out and understand. But... The production company, Warner Brothers, did not, and uh, Legendary, I suppose, did not have that confidence. Mm-hmm. Because if they did, they would have just put the money behind it and said, shoot this back to back, and then part two's out in six months or, or whenever. I, I know everything would have been jacked up because of the pandemic. Yeah. But in, in another world where the you know producers aren't quite so squeamish about throwing money behind this type of uh, an unknown com- uh, quantity... I think it would have been shot back to back and we would have had it. I'm just glad that uh, the 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 team, at least behind making the movie, trusted us enough to to say, look, we're just going to throw the credits up and then it has to stop here. They didn't create some manufacture something that really wasn't in the book right. in order to give you a tidier endpoint. And they didn't, um, uh, you know, uh, breeze over a, a ton of it so that. They could have said that, oh, in case we don't get the second movie, it'll still leave audiences satisfied. Because that's another way they could have sort of copped out and shown us little bits and pieces of the end. Oh, what might happen in way, way down the line in the future. So I, I'm glad they, they trusted us you know, to just say the end yeah. or, of part one. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, and they did put the part one on at the beginning, but it it was funny hearing people's reaction. Like some people who who were surprised that the movie was was ending at that point, and and I it, it took me back because I remember when Lord of the Rings came out, and I remember people in the theaters right. being very very upset at the end of Fellowship, and I was like. You know, right, you know, right. you know, it's three books, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, but they just got started, and then now you've got the opposite problem. The Hobbit ends, and they say that there's more, and you're like, but this was only one book. It's the they went the other way. Yeah. Yeah, the other way. They yeah, I know exactly. What what I think that that was more of a vocal minority this time around. More of the people that I know know enough about this now, and because of Twitter and Instagram and. At, at, you know the internet at large. They understand that uh, how how this was being made and what what they were in for. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think they did a good job with where they decided to cut it. I'm trying to think of a spot earlier since I don't know what happens next where they could have ended this movie. The only thing I can think of is like after the the poison tooth. <laughs> so you don't you don't know the ba- if the Baron's really dead or not. Right. So the, like, there's that little cliffhanger, but then uh, Zendaya's not in this movie at all, and it's a real bait and switch. So Justin, I'm, Justin, I'm against it. Justin Paul's dreams, man. That's yeah, like... I mean, well, you, barely in this. You you brought up the Baron. I have to ask. Uh, this, this probably this question is probably a little bit more for Eric than for Reagan. So I apologize, yeah. Reagan. But is it is it Harkonnen or Harkonnen? My whole life, <laughs> I thought it was Harkonnen, but now that I've heard. The way that Selen Skarsgård says Harkonnen, that's the way that I'm gonna move forward saying it. I, I like that it sounds like it's because of his accent, and that just makes it sound more authentic to me. Because that's not how I would pronounce that word. Mm-hmm. That's not how it was pronounced in the old movie, and it's just not how it was in my head. But now that I've heard him say it, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I I kind of like some of these. These changes, and it wasn't just him saying it. Uh, Josh Brolin says it that way too. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's just how it's going to be moving forward, and I like it. But yeah, I guess now it's 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 Harkonnen. Yeah, it's funny. I, I I posited this question to my brother when we were doing the eighty four review because uh, mm-hmm. I, until recently, I, much like you, I was I was saying, uh, you know, har, you know, Harkonnen, Harkonnen, Harkonnen. And it wasn't so until I heard that Conan my whole life. Yeah, and then I, I listened to an audiobook like a, a month or two before we did that episode because I wanted to kind of refamiliarize myself with the source material. And uh-huh. the the narrator was saying it the way they say it in, the, in this movie, and I was like, "What? That sounds so really? weird." And I wondered if it was like, "Oh, well, he's British. Maybe he's just being all British about it." <laughs> but, sure. but apparently, <laughs> apparently, this is like the the way that everyone wants to to be said. And I was like, "Oh, well, now I have to change my brain." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I I did not realize that. Yeah, so I need to watch this a think... few more times, and I'll, I'll finally. Yeah, I don't have in. much experience with the the audiobook. The audiobook so, is is nice, and I know there's multiple versions of it, right? Yeah, the one I did had it was, it was like there was mostly one narrator, but then like every now and again you'd get like an actor to come on and read like some big monologue. Mm, okay. Or like uh, um, there'd be like a, a female cool. to do the the the, you know, the chapter introductions from Princess Erlon, who Reagan hasn't met yet. Right. You know, but you will, Reagan. Wait. Don't worry. I think I saw a clip of something that 84 doing. Is she like doing like introducing the movie yeah, yes, or yes. yeah. Okay. That's I fair. was like, who is this chick? <laughs> <laughs> it's Virginia Madsen from Highlander two. Well, yeah. When but... you watched, um, the Dune 84, 
on your on your rewatch. Did you? I mean, how how weird was it seeing that incredibly long intro where she tries to catch you up to date and briefs you on everything, and watching her, I'll never forget, fade in <laughs> and out multiple times. So, I mean, she fades out, and you think. Okay, and then the voice is going to trail off and it's over. But then she keeps talking, and you're like, wow, this is going on a lot longer than I thought. But then she fades back in, and then she keeps talking, and then she fades out again yeah. and then back in. That always lunched me out whenever I when I saw it. I was like, what an odd choice. It makes you think it's ending, but it just keeps going, and she strobes in and out. It, that, that entire movie is odd choices, but some of them are like, I don't know I don't know if endearing is the word I want to use, but I'm, I'm, I, I was kind of like, you know, after watching it so many times, I'm just like, oh, I kind of miss that they're not doing like the, all those crazy weird things that David Lynch did. <laughs> yeah. Did you, uh, do you have um, much uh, back um, familiarity? Sorry. Do you have uh, much familiarity with the jo- uh, Jodorowsky version or the, the one that was never made? Uh, have you ever seen the documentary behind all of that? Like his, I've, I've uh, not, but dude. Mark Mark did a pretty good uh, like summarization of it uh, on on our Dune okay. podcast because I, I asked him about it because I was very curious because I you know yeah. I've read about it but I've not actually seen the Jodorowsky documentary. I I love how there's all of these different versions of it and everything in its own way is weird. Yeah. <laughs> Even this I mean there's there's weird stuff in this one. This is not just your regular off the shelf sci-fi movie even the one that we saw it's it seems uh designed more for for the current palette like it seems just like something that more people will be able to digest and i think they they did that with still with integrity and they did a great job i mean there's there's a ton of weird stuff in lynch's dune there's weird stuff here it's just a weird property yeah but, uh, no, it really is but yeah it... i do i do miss some of that off-kilter <laughs> bizarre stuff from from lynch's dune yeah, I, that that was kind of like my biggest takeaway. It was like when I, when, I, when I sort of compared the two, I was like, I was like, you know, Lynch's version has got some weird, quirky problems to it, but but he was kind of going for it, and I respect that so much. Um, and yeah, so, sometimes I was by sad comparison, to hear how much he hated it. I know, I know, it would be sad too. Right, his version. Yeah, but there there are moments that were watch it. Oh no, you you de- I, you. I mean, at I some really point, you should. Really want to watch it. Now I'm going to wait two years. And there's no way I can't be disappointed waiting that long to watch the. I mean, the source material is like 50 years old. I mean, come on. I know. I I should have got to it before. I mean, I think he should wait. Do you agree? Like, do you think that at this point you've all? I'm saying he's already waited this long. Like, what would you advise people to do? Because I think that at this point, if you've seen Dune Part One and you enjoyed it, I, I think you should just wait. If it, I, I think you maybe reading the book is fine because you're still not going to get all of those visuals. Yeah. And it'll still be like a new experience to you. I just think that if you see a movie version or the TV version in between this and the next movie, I feel like there's a real potential, not just for spoilers, <clears throat> but for it to just like kind of ruin it. Yeah. I, I like I, to read I, I the book really after I've watched the movie. I find if I read the book first, I don't like the movie as much. Yeah, I was I was gonna say like if if you wanted to read the book in between the the, the films, I, I I would be okay with that because I think I think Frank Herbert does some very interesting um, stuff with the language. Uh, there's a lot of, mm-hmm. of, of, of there's a lot of uh, complexity and nuance in the book that is very difficult to translate to the film. Uh, but I think sure. I think Villeneuve does a really nice job in his version of trying to convey that at the very least. Mm-hmm. But it, it is funny because I was gonna say. 
this is going to sound really weird, but sometimes when I was when I'm thinking about these two different movies, the '84 and the in the in the 2021, like the 2021 almost feels like like you said, it's it's very uh, easily digestible. It's very palatable for for more of a mass audience. Where where Lynch's version is like very just like this is Dune, suck it. <laughs> just, like, just like deal with You're it. You're gonna like it. I think you even mentioned on on your podcast, Eric, how like they they gave out those those like glossaries so people knew yeah. the terminology. And right, and, and that was one of the things Such I was an... I was thinking about. If in in this version is like you don't really get that because they don't hit you over the head with a ton of different words right off the bat. Like you know you get Gamjabar. I don't even know if we heard Quitsack Hatterack once in this movie. I couldn't even, re- even remember. You know, there's like some terminology they keep they keep very much yeah you know to itself. Um, um, they don't. I don't even think they refer to Thafir uh, and, and Peter Devries as mentats, do they? I don't think they come out and outright and call them mentats. Yeah, I'm not sure that they do either. But it, I think that it's uh, something that I've seen in either some of the marketing material mm-hmm. or in the behind the scenes stuff. I, I can't recall if it was straight up in the movie if yeah. anybody said house mentat or anything like that yeah so part of that was uh, to me was like is like is that a, that feels like a choice to make it so that it is accessible to all these people and you're not again overburdening them with with learning new things a new terminology that's kind of not necessary for just watching the films right i i don't think it's entirely necessary to to understand the nuance of how a sand compactor works just that <laughs> they show you what it does and you know that it works and that's something where in the book they would have gone at length. Yes. How a sand compactor works. And then in Lynch's Dune, they probably would have talked about it in an inner monologue or something weird like that. <laughs> Here, they just have a scene and show you it working, and then you just get it. They introduce it in a previous scene, and then I think Duncan Idaho says that he respects them and their ingenuity. So you know it does something, and it's called a sand compactor. And then in a later scene, you see it compacting sand, and then they they come out of the hole, and you're like, oh, so that was that, right. and that was that, and then you, you get it. So I think they did a great job with it. Now, knowing the terminology, would I have liked to have seen and heard more of it? Yes, but hopefully that comes out in part two or something like that. Mostly just because I want to hear how they've decided to pronounce it and the different ways that they... They say it maybe what what they how they emphasize the words and things like that because I, I found all of that very very interesting like you know we were talking about earlier the difference in how I thought you were supposed to say Harkonnen and how you, you're supposed to say it apparently I like to hear more of that because so much of it is um a made up terminology and mm-hmm. pseudoscience and futuristic words I'd like to hear more of it so I'm I am a little sad that we didn't get to hear more of that uh, deep lore type of stuff. But I understand why it wasn't in there. I was expecting so much after listening to Tom and Mark talk about it on, on two podcasts. <laughs> it's like, there's going to be so much shit that's going to go over my head. And there wasn't any. No. Grateful for it. But I was ready. <laughs> like, right. I, I had my popcorn. I had my beer. I was I was focused and nothing came. They did. Like, it's like did that's the, the scene on Secundus with the... The Sarda car. Right, right. It, it it opens up. You've got that Mongolian throat chanting. So <laughs> it's already setting the stage. And then you see everybody lined up. Then 
you've got the the blood mark going on mm-hmm. to to people and then you see how they've sacrificed people and it explains a ton without bogging you down in terminology what those things are called you don't need to know what the ceremony's called you just need to sort of understand they're kind of hardcore cult like religious zealots and they'll, they'll they're badass and they'll yeah, just do what to needs to, to absolutely i mean you just sort of get that and mm-hmm. that was weird in its own way it wasn't exactly lynch weird and it wasn't quite as detailed as it might get in like the book but i like how you all of the essential information was conveyed through visual world building and a really cool sound effect or that that chanting, which has now been memed all over the place, by the way. And there's some <laughs> oh. hilarious ones you should check out because there's a few that turn it into like a rave and like the the <laughs> the guy who's chanting like starts beatboxing. It's they're all very good. Sounds amazing. So I I like the Sodicar stuff. I, I think the the element from from that part of the story, I was I was sort of um I don't I, I wasn't miffed. I just was sort of like, oh, there's another interesting choice in that they didn't really in in the book, and I think they even do it in the eighty four Lynch version. The Sardaukar are disguised as Harkonnens, and and it, that's sort of like part of like how are the Harkonnens doing this? How are they defeating us? Blah blah blah. Right. They sort of remove the conspiracy element that the Emperor is working against the Atreides. Like that's just kind of on front street in this. And I sort yeah. of wondered if it's just to keep it. You know what? We're just gonna keep this simple, digestible. We're not gonna weigh people down with the conspiracies, all the politics, because the politics in this in these books are they're pretty heavy. You know, if you start getting all the different I houses, think you still get enough of the politics and the backstabbing, and I think that they might have had to. That's one of the things that had to get pared down. Mm-hmm. I agree that I, I I like the the concept of it, uh, but more as a concept because for it to be in the movie, I can't think of a way of really naturally putting it in without really expanding the already long runtime right. and cutting something else out. Yeah. So I feel like because it's revealed relatively shortly after and people do figure it out where, you know, they just sort of cross over that. Right. And just get you there a little bit quicker. It just was an but, interesting, it was an interesting choice. I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't think I was upset by it. I just was like, Oh, okay. They did this a little bit differently. And, yeah. And you're like, Oh, that's different. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, I don't, it didn't detract. It didn't, didn't alter the story in any way whatsoever. So, you know, Hey, you and I know where this is going. So we're okay with that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, um, and I don't. <laughs> I Reagan, assume Paul wins Reagan, and becomes this, emperor. Right, I want to get. <laughs> I want to give you a piece of information, and you tell me which version sounds better to you. Okay. Right? The, the scene is in the '84, and it's in the 2021. When the when the Harkonnen forces are are landing back on Arrakis, and they're going to engage the Atreides forces. All right. Mm-hmm. In this version, we see Josh Brolin leading the, for, the leading the Atreides into battle against them. All right. Yeah, simple, it was cool. Simple, it was easy very enough, cool. right? All right, eighty four Dune, same scene. Patrick Stewart, Patrick Stewart uh-huh. leading his Into forces it. with a pug in his hands. Now, is it a battle pug? <laughs> it might as well have been. Like, it's does not it have armored the, or anything? Oh, that would be it's just one of those pug. weird choices. It's one of those crazy choices. But I, I was like, oh, whose dog was it? <laughs> Like, was it Patrick Stewart's, like, real dog at the time? This is, like, the Atreides dog. <laughs> was this dog in the movie before this scene? I think perhaps, yes. 
If memory see, serves, you I see. would like it to be a surprise. <laughs> better. And it just comes out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah, it's, and it's, it has like it's incredible. armor like Battle Cat from He Man. It's incredible. Patrick Stewart leading forces into battle with a pug in his hands. It's see, fucking I genius. Really, I gotta watch this 84 movie. That sounds amazing. <laughs> We're hyping it up too hard now. There's no <laughs> way it's gonna live up to these expectations. I think, man. yeah, we're in dangerous territory at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but you at least know where to stop it. I mean, that's the good news. Uh, I don't know if I have... I don't know what else I have to say about this. I, I Again, I really enjoy this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. I think people should check it out. Uh, I I totally believe what Eric and Reagan are saying. I, I think this is a, a cinematic experience. So if you have the time and the inclination, get out to your theater and go to go and do the, do the Eric route. Run out of the theater and watch it by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I can't recommend that enough. But they're, they're renting the theater. Awesome. But also watching this movie in theaters was great. Well, I'm I'm really I'm really glad that Reagan enjoyed it so much because again, Dune. I feel like Dune sort of has. Some sort of like weird. Sometimes, depending on the person, it has like a, a negative gravitas about it. You know, like like people are like, oh, Dune. That's like that weird shit from you know that Lynch did the back 80s. in the eighties. Yeah, I heard it's a bad movie from nineteen eighty four that I've I've seen parts of, but don't remember because it's been twenty five years. I maintain that it is a cult classic and well worth your time. Probably after you've seen the yeah, the I'll sequel. get to it in like twenty twenty four. Yeah. <laughs> so it will be you know the. 40 year anniversary of it oh man there's so many weird choices in that movie you, you, i mean we, we didn't even meet the navigators in this movie no you don't and i'm no, very no. i'm very curious if that will be explored more in the next film or not i hope so yeah aren't like, they just like smack addicts like shaking in a corner waiting to go on their next trip well but the, well i don't want to say too much in case it's gonna be uh, it might, it might yeah, be, they might be a very cool a, visual next year whatever you're imagining <laughs> that is not what they came up with yeah i'm it picturing is. like uh you know obi-wan kenobi all strung out and um <laughs> yeah go with go with that that sounds good. <laughs> all right lock that lock that into your brain yeah, you know, baby crawling on the ceiling. What's that movie? Train Spotting. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, "What is that fucking movie?" You know what I'm talking about. No, there are, there are so many things that they don't get to in this movie that I'm, I'm very curious if we get to explore those things more in the next one because it does seem like people are in. So do we do we push the boundaries a little bit more and and expand I the world? And so. the... I think people can handle more weird because by the time the second one rolls around, people are going to have a better grasp of. What a mentat is, uh, what they do when they when their eyes roll up and they uh, their eyelids flutter. Yeah, they people are gonna know a little bit more about who or what the Kwisatz Haderach is. They're gonna know more about the Bene Gesserit, and they'll be able to pronounce Harkonnen. You know, so <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of stuff. People are gonna rewatch it, explore it. Hopefully, I think there's there's already stuff coming out. There's uh. There's a new version of a board game. There's um, a limited series comic book. There's there's all sorts of stuff. So it, should you care to get more into the world of Dune, even if it's only through the cinematic lens of this version, there's more stuff coming between now and Dune Part 2. And hopefully we, we get to see maybe some more behind-the-scenes stuff. Once they release it on Blu-ray or something like that, I hope that there's a wealth of background information because it seems like something that a new generation of uh, sci-fi nerds 
it's just something that maybe they didn't get into because they didn't the, the 84 movie's too old and they didn't uh, maybe they're not really in, interested in reading such a dense book mm-hmm. but the concept of the world and the the, the general um look feel and vibe of the property was apparently something that there was an audience for so now that wb and legendaries figured that out i mean we're, we're gonna start seeing more stuff i mean oh they uh correct me if i'm wrong isn't there's a hbo max series right i don't know if it's still in the works or if it fell through but it was about the Bene Gesserit. oh i don't know uh, i'm i know i heard it was in the works i don't know if it's actually taken off and when in the timeline it takes place but if we see something like that between now and part two i think that you're gonna have more fans with uh, a, a greater knowledge base and they're gonna be prepared to get maybe not quite lynch weird but weirder <laughs> than we got get weird, so get, that's get, what i want to get weirder you just want to see it weird yeah i mean come on you gotta it's time to worship that at the worm shy halub he needs you reagan Bend the knee. Is that the big worm that they get the teeth from to make their knives? <laughs> the Chris knife? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty. I mean, yeah. That's what they call the worms. Shy <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I didn't know if that was like one of the like the the super big one. They're all the super uh, big ones. What... Don't yeah, they have they like a bigger call... one? That's the name for it. Oh, okay. I didn't know if there was like a supreme worm that I'm going to get to see in the next movie well, that's they're... like real big. We can't talk about yeah, yeah see, I'm on to something, aren't I? <laughs> we... There's a big worm. Speaking of the, the Chris Knives, there was one really cool detail, which I did not pick up my first watch. It's something that's uh, in the book. They don't really go into it in the movie. But do you, do you recall that once um, they're getting ready to ambush uh, Jessica and, and, and Paul, and then it turns out that Jessica's quite skilled, yes. Paul, uh, stealthily takes a few guys out and runs up and goes to higher ground. Right. Uh, the the Fremen that are around have taken out their Chris knives, and once they realize everything's cool and that um, it's it's we can put the knives away and we can you know uh, come off red alert, they all lift up their sleeve and they cut themselves a little bit mm-hmm. before they put the dagger away. They never explain that. It's in the book. It's in the book. To, yeah. Sort of piece it together. So, I mean, if you have any knowledge of the book, you get it. If you have knowledge of things like Cursed Blades or uh, the way of the samurai and things like that, you would sort of be able to piece it together, too. But it's because the uh, Chris knife, once it's taken out of its sheath, it if, it doesn't, if it doesn't get blood on it, it will get brittle and, and break. So it either has to be used on an enemy or you have to... Donate a little bit, right? Yeah. So they all do that and put it away. I just thought that that's, that's such cool. a cool, cool. Like visual it. touch. And if you know, you know. And if you don't, you might you try have a and friend find who will out. tell you eventually, <laughs> <laughs> or you can listen to a podcast like this. Exactly. Ideally, people—it's it's so funny. People all, all the time ask me questions about something. It's like you know, I have an entire podcast where I talked about all of this. <laughs> yeah, but then they'll have to listen to like you know forty other episodes. <laughs> Like, just download it. Man, he's talking <laughs> about the Predator again. <laughs> oh, that new Predator. Oh, don't get me started. I'm getting excited. Wait, did they release something about the, the new Predator? Uh, no, it's been a couple weeks since the last update, but it sounds like they Oh, have, okay. Like, I, I didn't know if like an image came out or like a teaser or something like that. No, not yet. Not yet. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Uh, Reagan, I'm not getting excited, man. Reagan, if you were to guess what's going to happen next in Dune, uh, would you would you, ha- would you would you hazard a guess for our audience? Uh, I mean, Timothy Chalamet or Paul is going to become emperor. He's going to rule the galaxy. With uh, I, I guess Zendaya is going to become his wife or his bride. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe this princess character that I don't know about. <laughs> now that I know there is like a third wheel situation going on, you might be surprised how that's going to play out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm into it, or you know maybe the Baron wins. You, you it's know a, it's a very dark ending. This ah, I, I, Reagan, how'd you feel about the Baron in this film? Did you get enough evil from the Baron? I didn't understand why he could like float or fly. <laughs> I didn't understand why he was in a bathtub the whole movie for a lot of the movie. <laughs> Is that explained in the book? Like why he he can like float? Well, it, it, I think he has like a floaty chair, like uh, like in Wally. Oh, because he's just so in, big now. Okay. I think in this version, during one of those steaming sessions, you're supposed to notice that he's got these uh, modules implanted in his spine. Yeah, and is that what because, makes him float? Okay. Yeah, because he's he's too big to get around. On his own, so he's okay. just completely upgraded his mobility. It's he floats around and everything the same way in the, in the old movie. Well, not quite he's the same way. Completely differently. <laughs> Very different and performances. He looks different, but it's, <laughs> is know. he menacing? Like he's menacing in this movie. Like you he's, from the jump, you're like, oh, that's a bad dude. He's over the top, guy. like oh, scenery oh. chewing, like cackling. Vill- okay, that type. Of I prefer it this 84. way. <laughs> Although maybe it will play when I watch this '84 one. Yeah, I mean it it's not exactly me. subtle here either. Yeah, right. But he's no, not no. twirling his mustache I mean, and, and cackling. No, he's I mean, much. But he's much more subtle either. He's very sinister in this one. You know, yeah. it, but it's, it's it's like the the sinister menacing presence as opposed to like the the over the top that Eric just described. I I thought it was interesting that also that the. Uh, for I don't know again another choice, but they they went away from like the 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 Harkonnens having like the 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 shock red hair, you know. Yeah. I, again, I don't know what the choice on, on that is just yet. Maybe that'll. Maybe they're trying to. I don't Aren't know. All bald keep us one? keep something away from the audience for now. Well, it could be that. It could just be that visually, it might have. I mean, can you imagine what Dave Batista would look like? With, uh, with with red hair, yeah. with Raban's hairdo from '84. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So here, instead, they're like, "Let's just make everyone look more like Batista," instead of trying to make Batista. You know, it's <laughs> like in um, Wonder Woman, they couldn't get, they could not get Gal Gadot to lose her accent, so they just made all of the other actresses learn right her accent. Right, right. So it all works. You know, it's like that. I think that's maybe what what they did. Yeah, I sort I sort of wondered, and I don't want to say too much uh, with with Reagan not knowing what's coming next, but like there's some right. revelations uh, that maybe play into why we're not privy to that look. Sure, and, sure. I mean, it could be a, a creative way of, of of doing that too. Sure. Yeah, just like we're gonna keep this in our back pocket. We're not gonna. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. You know, I'm I'm very curious. Like I said, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot of stuff left to get to in this next film. And I'm very, very excited about it. I, I, I wish they were filming it now. I wish they were, had filmed it back to back. But it, yep. it is what it is. And, and we will get Dune Part 2 soon enough. Not soon enough. <laughs> All right, my friends. You guys got any final thoughts you want to say about the movie? Anything I didn't get to that you want to get out about the flick? Um, 
Try and get to a theater and see it. Okay. And then watch it again on HBO Max later. We're going to give out Reagan's credit card number at the end of the episode so you can reserve no, no. your theater. <laughs> <laughs> you find your own theater. You're on your own for that. <laughs> Don't worry. I got a zip code, too. You'll be able to punch it in. No problem. <laughs> Eric, any, any uh, final thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah, check out the score. It's uh, it's intense. It's uh, great for dish work. Ooh, dish work. <laughs> <laughs> Far too intense to do like paperwork without like snapping your pencil in half. But it's uh, it's some good like lawn mowing music. It's some good dish yeah music for for doing the dishes. It's uh, it's the 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 soundtrack is powerful. It's very good. It's a Hans Zimmer score, correct? It is. It All is. right. Yeah, that's good. That's some good stuff most of the time. Not all the time, yeah. but most of the time. Not all the time, yeah. It <laughs> works here. It's a good score. Works here. All right, all right everyone. You, you heard it here first. Go do some dishes with the, the score. Perfect. Yeah. You know, vacuum your living room. Fold some laundry aggressively. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. I'm going to let you all go. Thanks for hanging out tonight. I truly appreciate it. No problem. Reagan, Reagan give out those vital links. I know you got them ready to go. Yeah. We're com, and then we're at Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Boom. <laughs> like I've done this podcast before. Reagan, Eric, thank you all so much for hanging out. I will talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, bud. Aboosh. There it is. Thanks for having us. Thank you for being here, buddy. I told my father I didn't want this either. I wanted to be a pilot. You never told me that. Your grandfather said, a great man doesn't seek to lead. He's called to it. And he answers. And if your answer is no, you'll still be the only thing I ever needed you to be. My son. There it is, folks. That is our Dune 2021 conversation with our good friends from the Come On, It's So Good podcast, Reagan and his producer, Eric. A.K.A.E. hanging out with us discussing all the awesomeness that is Denny Villeneuve's Dune. Uh, you know, I know Eric and I got a lot into the the kind of comparing and contrasting 84 Dune to 2021 Dune. Uh, but the more that I've, I've watched the flick, I just really, really enjoy it uh, for so many of the of those choices that, that Denny made. That at the time, uh, you know, when I com- initially was comparing them, they felt so safe compared to what Dune, uh, what Lynch had done with his version uh, but they're just so good at the same time. There's really, very many smart choices in the, in the film. Perhaps the smartest choice of all being uh, Oscar Isaacs and that, that super on-point beard of his. My goodness, Oscar Isaac crushing it, crushing that beard game with that one. Holy smokes. And just to kind of reemphasize, too, I know we also got into like sort of the vast differences between our two different barons, uh, you know, Harkonnen and Harkonnen, depending on which film you want to talk about. Um, but Stellan Skarsgård does a really fine job uh, with his take on the the Baron Vladimir Harkonnen, Harkonnen, as they call him in this film, and you know he brings such a subtle uh, menace and and horror to the performance. It is uh, very understated. It is, is the exact opposite of what we got in in uh, Lynch's '84 version of Dune, and. Rightly or wrongly so. It just depends on, on, on your take on the source material and how you feel about it. But I, I do think Skarsgård brings a real menace to his uh, to his version of, of the Baron, as opposed to what was in 84, which was just like, just 
I mean, he was a complete, he was a complete maniac psychopath, but it was like so such an over the top performance um, that the two. That's probably the biggest contrasting points in in the film are are the versions of the Baron that we've seen in both versions. And uh, I want to see Skarsgård. I want to see him get a chance to do more in the next film uh, because. You know, I sort of I did mention it with the guys. I do feel like, you know, for as 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 impressive as this all star ensemble cast is, nobody it it's um nobody gets a lot. No one has a ton to do. I mean, it's a big movie with a big story and a big big arcs. But you know, we mainly follow Paul, uh, we in in and Jessica by extension. So a lot of the other characters they kind of weave their way in and out, and we don't get to spend a lot of time with them. Uh, I would have liked a little bit more. Uh, explaining of the conspiracy that the Harkonnens and the and the and the Padisha Emperor are involved in, um, but again, I, th- I think Villeneuve maybe maybe very wisely has simplified that aspect of the story uh, to make it way more palatable for a broader audience who doesn't want to get get wrapped up into the strange galactic politics that exists in the Dune universe. I mean, we see people are still annoyed and and talk about uh, um, and, or make fun of even. Uh, you know the prequel trilogy for Star Wars and how, you know, no one went into Episode One thinking they're going to end up reading a, uh, a a scroll about interstellar trade routes and uh, taxation of those trade routes. So you know, I don't know. Maybe that had an influence on it. Maybe not. But maybe they just decided to kind of take this big story and like we're going to just distill it down into uh, some of the finer points and not overly complicate things. For, for an audience that's only invested in a two and a half hour movie, I don't I don't know I'm not I'm not trying to uh, read minds on that one, but uh, no it's 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 a great film I highly recommend it. As I mentioned to Reagan too, if if you really enjoy this film, if you really like the the material that you're that you're seeing, uh, and you want to you want to uh, uh, know the story ahead of time, you have two years to go read the book, and I highly recommend the book. Frank Herbert's uh, use of the language is is pretty impressive. It's a fairly immersive book. It's fair. It's very dense. You, but you do get a lot of the backstory, like why, why you know the hows and whys of of why these houses need a mentat and what exactly they do, what role they fill in these houses, and it, it, they answer the question like why is there not artificial intelligence? We referenced the but the Butlerian jihad, uh, the rise of AI and how humanity had to squash that. So these mentats kind of became human computers uh, by by accessing you know more of their brain power it, it's it's again it's a it's a there's a lot of big ideas in the novel that don't really translate to the screen in this but if you want to get more immersed in that world by all means read that first book that first book in particular is sort of like the bible and if you if you go down the rabbit hole there there's uh five more by frank herbert before his son takes over and they, i guess things get really really out there and uh, i think now there's like something like 40 books <laughs> overall but the original frank herbert ones are probably what you want to stay with uh, trust the one solitary voice, the the creator of said Dune. Anyways, we are going to get out of here because I think we did a pretty darn good show for you today. Remember, we are the TomCast Podcast, and I am Tom. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Truly means the world to me. I want to make sure that you know to follow us on social media because, hey, we do that social media thing over here on the TomCast Podcast. We are at TomCast Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing the show, following along and uh, sharing it with all your friends, family, loved ones, and uh, people you want to see fed to a sandworm, because that would be a lot of fun. Email the show, tomcastpopcast at gmail.com. Uh, it will not get lost in the sands of Arrakis. It will actually make it to me, and I'll be able to read it, maybe even here on the show. We have to thank the official members of Pophead Nation. They are the bestest, and they keep this show on. They keep the lights on. They keep the things running smoothly, and hopefully 
are, are making it so this show gets better and better every single time we put a new one out there. You can head over to patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast, join the nation, gain access to some bonus content, uh, but mostly you just get to meet cool people like the Aspen Hill Jody, Val Batman Abejo, Jeff Nail, Jeff co-hosting The Ringing Ear. Check them out doing great things in the music world. Uh, thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles. The Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pariah Brewing Company, right here in San Diego, California, coming soon to Baltimore, Maryland, the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops, and of course, the newest member of Pophead Nation, the silent assassin, he who shall not be named. All right, Dune Heads, go out there, read some Dune, watch some Dune, get Duned up. Dune it to me one more time. Ooh. That one, that one hurt. It hurt me as much as it hurt you. Trust me, folks. Oof. Let's get out of here. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Ciao, babes. So the Tribe drops its third straight on this trip, 6-1 to one to the Rangers. For the Indians, one run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry. Nobody's listening anyway. Great story. Compelling and rich. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions!